Welcome to the Future of Agriculture podcast, the show that explores the people, companies, and ideas that are shaping the future of agribusiness. Innovation, resourcefulness, and collaboration are essential for feeding a growing population, and we believe the agriculture industry is up for the challenge. Please welcome your host, Tim Hammerich. Howdy. Thank you so much for downloading another episode of the Future of Agriculture podcast. My name is Tim Hammerich. I'm an agribusiness recruiter and the founder of aggrad.com that connects students and young professionals to hiring agribusinesses. Hey, today we get to talk about a subject I'm very excited about, which is farmland. I have been fascinated by farmland for quite some time. Part of my end game, what I hope to accomplish in my lifetime is some is to someday own some farmland for myself, however small. I'm not there yet, but uh, this episode is going to help me get one step closer, just learning a little bit about the dynamics, the ins and outs of farmland, who owns it, and how exactly the transactions work between the person who owns farmland and the person who farms it. Those of you who are not in production agriculture may not realize, but about 39% of all U.S. farmland is actually owned by someone who doesn't farm it. So it's rented or leased out to the farmer. A lot of times we, we refer to that as cash rent, where the farmer will pay cash to the landowner per acre to grow a crop on it for that growing season. Also interesting is that 80% of all rented farmland is owned by non-farming landlords. So these aren't people who farm some acreage and rent some out. These are people who are totally removed from farming completely. And that's a trend that's growing and one that is has some major implications to the future of agriculture. And, I, and we're going to talk a lot about that today, about those non-farming landlords and how they connect with farmers who cash rent that ground. Another fact that I figure I should share with you here before we launch into this interview is that 91.5 million acres of farmland, or about 10%, are slated for ownership transfer in the next five years. This is all according to the USDA. So we've got this large chunk of farmland that's already being rented or leased, 39%. And in the next five years, we've got this other chunk, about 10% of all U.S. farmland that's slated for ownership transfer. About 21 million of those are expected to be sold to non-relatives. So you've got this large amount, about 70 million acres, that's going to probably be transferred to non-farming descendants. I mean, some of them might farm, but in general, you've got this growing amount of U.S. farmland that's owned by people who aren't farming. And, and that's where Dave Myers and his company at Bird Dog come in. They really care about the connection between landowner and farmer. And Dave describes a problem that I didn't even know existed, which is in these small rural farming communities, it's very much a sensitive topic to a pro approach a landlord and ask them if you can farm their ground because most likely your neighbor is already farming it and you really look bad if you're going around your neighbor and trying to steal his livelihood, steal his his ground. So what Dave and his folks at Bird Dog have done is create a system, a more objective merit-based system where a farmer can approach a landlord, a landowner in their area and Tell them that they're looking. Tell them that they care about the soil, that they care about the long-term sustainability. Tell them that they can do a good job renting their ground without feeling like they're betraying their neighbor. 
kind of an interesting topic. It's one of those businesses that grows out of a problem most people don't even know exists, but a very real problem for those that have it. So I really enjoyed this conversation with Dave. I think you will too. So here is my interview with Dave Myers of Bird Dog. We have Dave Myers, the co-founder and CEO of Bird Dog LLC on the podcast today. Dave, thank you so much for taking time to be with us. No, thank you, Tim. Uh, looking, looking forward to being part of the podcast and and uh, really just kind of sharing the, the bird dog story. Yeah. Why don't you tell us a little bit to, uh, about your story, for starters, you, you kind of where you came from and how your entrepreneurial journey has been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Um, graduated from Purdue uh, back in 1997, which uh, seems like a long time ago now. Uh, you know, I think uh, in some ways I'm getting to be one of the older guys in agriculture, which wasn't the case uh, uh, a few years back. But uh, but anyway, uh, boiler up why, why I'm at it here. So, <laughs> Got to throw uh, that in. And 97 doesn't sound that bad. I was in high school in 97, so and I never consider myself one of the older guys. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, it, it's all a frame of mind, right? Right. Uh, well, anyway, um, yeah, I graduated in 97. I went to work for uh, Purdue Farms in the turkey breeder business uh, after that. And then uh, transitioned into, into row crops. Um, about 10 years later and uh, you know got to to working with uh, a fellow who uh, really opened my eyes to, to a lot of things in, in, in farming uh, particularly just how what the, what the soil w- was composed of and the life that was in it and that type of thing and uh, really kind of took on a whole new really a whole new uh, uh, career at that point uh, got, got into sales I uh, was working with a crop management system that, called the Maximum Farming System. And, uh, you know, one of the things I've, I've just really uh, appreciated um, was, was was how we could, could help a grower become more efficient with how they, they, they grew a crop. And uh, so a very rewarding experience, uh, you know, being able to help guys do that and, and, and that type of thing. And so you went from Purdue University, which is P-U-R-D-U-E, to Purdue Farms, which is P-E-R-D-U-E. How, how many Absolutely. times did how many times did you misspell Purdue when you went went to Purdue? You know, Farms? I, I didn't misspell it many times, <laughs> but uh, everybody I talked to always thought it. I, I was working for the university, so yeah. it confused a lot of people. T- talk to me <laughs> about the the big career transition. So Purdue Farms, were you on the live poultry production side? I was on the turkey breeder side. Turkey breeder. Um, okay. So, so yeah, that uh, is is totally different than uh, than than the, than the live production. It, it is in some ways, uh, but you know, um, yeah, big uh, egg production was 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 really kind of my expertise there. But that's a huge transition into the row crop side, and I know there's a lot of people listening because I talk to them daily that feel like they want to make a transition like that. Um, oh, sure, it, yeah. Can you talk about that, what led you to that decision? You'd build up all this career equity in, in your position with Purdue, great company, great career track, and then you totally switched gears. Uh, walk us through that part of your life. Yeah, you know, I think a lot of it just boiled down to if I was really going to make uh, any career advancement with Purdue, uh, I was going to have to move. Um, so, you know, trying to, to kind of wrestle with that idea of, uh, you know, at that time I had a, had, 
had a had a daughter um and, and well i had two dollars at that time sorry um and and just happened to, to make that transition was was going to be uh, a little bit challenging and, and and we currently live halfway between both of our families so we're really in an ideal spot to to continue family life as well as um you know a, a career and and, and every, everything else we got going on uh but uh but yeah it was it was quite a quite a challenge to kind of come to that decision and, and and i to be honest i don't know that i ever really thought i would be in sales um so that was uh that was quite a um uh, something that, that i had to wrestle with and determine okay you know what 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 does my life look like uh beyond what i've, I've currently done so it was kind of finding the right position that fit what you wanted out of life yeah, yeah, I would say finding the right position, but but I think a lot of it too is is finding something that you enjoy doing and that, that you believe in. Hmm. And uh, you know that that you can do a lot of a lot of things, but if you don't believe in it and you don't feel like uh, it's it's right for you, it's a it's a whole lot harder to 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 get up and and and, and go to work every day. Right now, fast forward a few years now, and and is it in 2015 you launched Bird Dog? Uh, was, yeah. Was that your first entrepreneurial venture? And and tell us about that transition. The the that that is, um, yeah. It you know what kind of going back to my experience, you know what I've done over the years with with the Maximum Farming System, kind of give you a little bit of background with with really how how Bird Dog you know kind of came as a as a thought. Um, you know, I, one of the things I've noticed with the growers I've worked with is, you know, with what we were doing and we were managing plant nutrition and, you know, how we grew the crop was, was so much different than what most uh, producers were doing out there these days. Uh, and, and really, you know, we were getting to the point where so much of the nutrition that we were using to feed the crop came from the soil, uh, you know, as we, we, we have, have done some things to promote better air water management and encourage biological activity that, you know, we were just seeing efficiencies that, that most in the industry weren't. Um, and I think too, as far as from an environmental standpoint, we were, we were doing things a whole, you know, a whole lot different than, than most producers, you know, out there. And, uh, you know, I, I was looking at these guys and, you know, the big question that come to mind was you know you're doing all these these good practices they're all the right things well why aren't you growing you know why are landowners just not coming to you and asking you to to rent their farm and uh you know you you, you start to have one conversation and then you you go to another grower and have another conversation and, and, and i just kept hearing the same story over and over again and you know in 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 it really it kind of boiled down to this, you know, they just did not want to be the grower who got a bad reputation in their community by being too aggressive. And, uh, you know, it just got me thinking that there, there's got to be another solution out there to allow a grower to be able to um, share with landowners who they are, uh, as well as even be pursued by landowners that they, 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 they're not going to come in contact with on a daily basis. And, and, and there just wasn't. There just wasn't a good solution in the marketplace. So a, a grower, a, a farmer in a community, a small community that wanted to grow their farming operation wouldn't go pursue a landowner because they were worried how that looked to the rest of the community? 
Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And then for a lot of growers, you know, they, they've kind of just, um, in a lot of ways sit on their hands for a number of years till that grower comes and, 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 and pursues them. And, uh, for, to, for many producers, you know, growth just doesn't happen because, um, of, of the challenge that, 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 that becomes. And when you were talking about earlier, you said that you, you did things differently than a lot of other growers at that time, or you're seeing, sure. you were seeing farmers do that in, in it, I think you may have mentioned it, but you mean that in terms of uh, sort of sus- long-term sustainability of the soil, uh, bi- you Absolutely. know, using biologicals, yeah. air water management, uh, reduced tillage, that sort of thing? Yes, yes. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So, yeah, I'm, I'm getting it. Then you, you had these farmers that were actually doing what's best for the ground, not getting new landowners because they didn't want to go ask the question. So, so how does Bird Dog help solve that problem? Yeah, yeah, good, good question, Tim. Yeah, Bird Dog really is designed to um, allow allow a grower to target and and, and market themselves to landowners that they, they would like to work with, uh, and we do it in a way that that protects the farmer's reputation and, and really kind of kind of in some ways keeps them um, you know you know their identity uh, off of that uh, that contact. Uh, while the marketing process is, is going on. And uh, so, you know, in, in a lot of cases, I think there's a lot of landowners who really have stuck with the, the, the same tenant because they don't know what options they do have. Hmm. And uh, I think, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're definitely living in a, in a different day now than what we did. You know, even 10 years ago, as you look at the, the landowner demographics, um, you know, the, the landowner uh, is, is, is getting younger and, and more and more of them are um, being are, are further removed from the farm. Uh, you know, in some cases, it's further removed in proximity. They just don't live as close to the, the land that they, they own as what they, their, their dads and, and, and or the grandparents used to. Um, others are just not as... Um, knowledgeable about what it takes to bring a, a, a crop from from uh you know through the growing season into market so you know there's just a lot of knowledge that the the landowner doesn't have and uh, so as a grower that becomes a challenge in that you know used to in order to grow your your your, your farm you built relationships in the community and and eventually those relationships would pay off but as more and more landowners get further removed, that becomes a, a, a big challenge for many growers who who would like to grow their farm, but just just don't have the opportunity. Right, because they don't even know the person who owns the land. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, uh, do you ever get any pushback from growers that say, "Well, I want this service to work for me, but I don't want my landowners using it because uh, that might open up the market for others." You know and work against me. Yeah. You know, you know, we, I've had a few questions, uh, you know, like that. Um, and I, and I would say there's probably a, a little bit of uh, anxiety out there. Um, you know, the, the, the thing that I share with them is, you know, if you've got a good relationship with that landowner already, then it's probably not an issue. Uh, now, if there's some some friction, or if there's something in that relationship that that's that's causing issues, uh, then there then there may be a little bit more of a, a need to worry. 
you know, all in all, I think the the kind of the um, uh, the response I'm getting from farmers is they they like the idea of being able to to finally uh, be able to share with landowners who they are. So you saw this problem, and, and you you thought you could probably help both landowners and growers solve the problem. What steps did you take, kind of before this thing was launched? Yeah, yeah, th- this is really kind of an idea I've set on for a couple years. Um, part of it was just not really knowing what the next steps need to be. And, and, and I also knew that, that, you know, technology had to be part of it. Uh, and, and to be honest, Tim, I have never, built, I've never even built a website or anything like that. So to put together, you know, a program or, you know, an app like I'm talking about, just was not in my not in my comfort zone, and uh, I, I knew I knew I had to you know had to be working with somebody who had some type of idea on how to do that, and uh, had 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 met a fellow s- several years ago and, and got reconnected with him, um, and 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 met him one day and and, and basically pitched it, pitched him my idea, and um, from there on uh, that's that's when it started. So, and did you quit your job the day, the next day, or had you already oh, been no, working? No, okay. no, no, no. But uh, I'm still plugging away and still uh, still being a, a uh, you know a service to the the growers I work with and, and that type of thing. So great. No, I, th- I think that's important because a lot of people view entrepreneurship as this thing that happens to you one day, and it's it's a long process, isn't it? Yeah, it's definitely not like what you see in the movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Life changing coffee meeting, and you you never you call your boss and tell him you're never coming back, right? Uh, yeah, not yeah, the way absolutely. it works. Yeah, not 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 quite that easy. So. Exactly. But yeah, my my, my, my co co founder and business partner uh, is is a fellow by the name of Daryl Starr, um, and I think uh, you know one of the values of partnership is uh, really to be able to to, to share ideas and and. Uh, you know, learn from each other, and, and I've definitely learned a lot as I've worked with Daryl and, and getting Bird Dog up and going. So I'm a farmer, and I want to use Bird Dog. I would log on and, and cr- create a profile, and that keeps me anonymous to farm that, uh, uh, to uh, landlords. Yeah, that that does that. Uh, get on and create your profile. Uh, basically, what that does is capture your your contact information. Um, and then once you're done with that, you'll be asked to basically start a campaign. Um, and, and that campaign, uh, you'll, you'll go through and you'll answer a series of questions. Um, and then, uh, as well as, you know, who are the members of your management team, the folks that bring you leadership, you know, on, on a daily basis, uh, and, and, and share a, a really a, a summary about yourself. Uh, and these are all things that we capture uh, on, on our on our app. And and then to fi- to find farmland because I would imagine you know moving equipment around you want farmland that's going to be within a reasonable proximity of the home base. So is that transparent where the where the landlord's um, farms are? Yeah, at this at this point, uh, at this point, it is all transparent and and, and will continue to be. Um, you know, we. We're, we're currently working on the landowner side of it as well. Um, and, uh, you know, the way it typically works is the farmer will identify landowners they want to want us to pursue for them. Uh, and, 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 and we will we, we will go to work getting that farmer in front of the landowner. 
uh, up to nine times throughout the year. Um, but mostly using direct mail because that's still where a lot of landowners receive their information. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's important that we, we hit them where they're, they're going to be, be, uh, be reached. Um, so, yeah. Now, besides the obvious money, uh, what are landlords looking for when they decide who's going to rent the ground that they own? Yeah, yeah, you know, it's it's been interesting. Uh, you know, one of the things that 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 I I wanted to try to to do with Bird Dog is is get to the point where instead of the the grower always being the one who goes out and pursues land, uh, we we flip this thing to be to to the point where landowners are pursuing growers who are, who are doing the right things and and and, and that type of thing. And, uh, you know, one of the, and, and, and I feel like we've, we've really made some headway here, especially going into fall with landowners approaching me and, 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 and interested in finding tenants. And, uh, you know, one of the things I've, I've, I've heard from a lot of these landowners, uh, is cash rent isn't the, 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 the main thing that they're focused on. Uh, in a lot of cases, they want somebody who, uh, is is a stewardship of the you know of the soil and of the land uh, you know even those who are doing conservation practices um, they want uh, to be able to work with somebody that that they can trust and who they they know that you know if you're if you're working with my land you're going to treat it as if you're it, it's your own and uh, so I think you know you know cash rent and when land changes hands cash rent it t- tends to be what gets talked about. But I think there's a whole lot of other things that the landowners are interested in that, that doesn't get talked about in the coffee shop. Right. What about on the other side for the farmer, other than obviously cheap, high producing land, what else are they looking for in a landlord? Yeah, I think uh, in a lot of cases, uh, you know, especially with farming, there's always risk. Um, and, uh, you know, most of it comes from the weather and and uh, you know what? What's what? Are we going to get rain? Are we not going to get rain? Uh, you know what's what's the commodity price? You know a lot of those things. Um, you know are always on, on the farmer's mind. But I think the one thing that the, that that they like is to be able to sit down with that landowner and have conversations and, and talk about a long term plan. You know if you're if you're you know, if you're sitting down with your landowners and it's all year by year contracts. Boy, it's it's very hard to bring value to that that land that that landowner owns, and you, you it's very difficult to manage you know their farm and 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 try to bring value beyond just what they can do in one year. So I think you know longevity and 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 being able to um, you know put put together a long term plan is a huge value for many many growers. Now, Dave, your strategy, are, are you all focusing on one specific area or one specific state right now? Or are you, are, is your service, bird dog service, available nationwide? Yeah, yeah, we, we are available nationwide. Uh, we focus mo- more here in the, in the, in the, in the Corn Belt um, just because, uh, you know, that it's, it's where I live. It's, you know, so I've got a, a good relationship with a lot of growers in, 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 the, in this area. Um, currently I've got, uh, you know, uh, farmers I'm working with all throughout the Midwest, uh, even out into the, the, the Northwest, um, got landowners in, in, in 
several states, uh, including Washington, where I'm trying to find a, a tenant in Washington State. So it, it's something that uh, is definitely going to go much beyond uh, Boone County, Indiana here. Is it a bigger challenge to get landowners or cash renters, generally speaking? Yeah, it's a bigger challenge to, to try to seek out landowners. Um, and, and part of it is is, is there, there's such a broad demographic. Uh, you know, with, with, when it comes to, to farmers, you know, you could probably buy a, a list from, from some, you know, a major publication or, or something uh, to be able to come up with probably 90% of the growers in the country. With landowners, you're, you're talking a very broad demographic. And, uh, you know, there, there's, there's not just one occupation. There's not just, uh, you know, one thing that, 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 that ties this group together. Um, so it becomes a, a real challenge to be able to do that. Ultimately, bird dog might be the one thing that ties them all together. I mean, that's an interesting standpoint of your business is the data collection from the landowner side. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. You know, one, one of the, the things we, one of the areas we're, we're, we're targeting and, and trying to, to get some, some support and, and, uh, from, from different folks on is, uh, is really kind of an area we call advisors. Uh, an advisor would be somebody who uh, really brings leadership to landowners. Uh, you know, that could be a, an estate planner or an attorney, uh, could be a financial advisor, could be a CPA, uh, real estate agent. You know, there's a number of different folks out there who, you know, routinely bring leadership to, to landowners. And, uh, you know, kind of my message to them is if, if you know, if, if we can, can help that landowner bring value to their land it helps their overall portfolio and uh, and i think we can do that just by getting that landowner connected with a, a producer who uh, knows how to bring value to the land what's been most effective to from a, a marketing standpoint uh to get landowners on board that aren't necessarily interested in in finding a new cash renter right away, but just want to sort of be on board? You know, I think probably the one thing um, I, I've heard from a lot of the landowners that that uh, I have, I am working with is, you know, in a lot of ways, they, they really don't know what what they should do. Um, I think uh, one of the, the, the things that, um, you know, let, let's face it, many landowners do what, managing that land is not their daily activity. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, they've got lives, they've got families, they've got, you know, businesses, they've got golf games and scrapbook clubs and, you know, you, you name it, but, but their land is not their, their first and foremost priority. So, you know, when that time comes or when they're thinking about making changes, they really don't know who to turn to and they really don't know what steps they need to take to be able to, 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 to do what's best for them. And uh, I think that for a lot of landowners, that becomes a challenge. And really the only solution out there is to, to is really professional farm manage, management. Um, and, and, but I think for a lot of landowners, they don't really need professional farm management. They just need a producer who understands them and is going to bring value to them and their land. It seems like the commodity prices have dropped a lot more than the farmland prices. What what trends are you seeing there? Yeah, I, you're 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 exactly right. You know, I think the trend is probably that that land is coming down. 
Um, cash rents are coming down, not to the level that they, they really need to. Um, and I, I think for, for some growers that that still becomes a challenge of, of, uh, you know, turning a profit, uh, you know, how do we, how do we do that even with cash rent is, is higher than, than, than what it really should be right now. Generally, what mistakes do you see landowners and cash renters making in their relationship or in their agreements? Oh yeah, yeah, good, good question. I, I was just talking with a producer here today, and uh, you know, one of the contacts we we get out to to landowners is is what tell you know from the grower is tell me about you know a time when you went above and beyond with your relationship with that landowner. And, uh, you know, you, you, you hear a lot of, lot of things about, uh, you know, a grower, you know, doing some housework or plowing snow or, you know, mowing side drift ditches and, you know, and, and all that's, all that's good. That's all a very, you know, intangible things that that grower can do to bring value to the landowner. But I think, uh, I think communication probably is, is the number one key, you know, to, to any relationship, whether that's your, your, your marriage or, uh, your, your friendships or, you know, even the relationship with your, your landowner communication has to be part of that. Uh, and I think, uh, I think for many growers, they, they, they struggle with, um, how, you know, how, how much should I communicate with this landowner who's, you know, sole, um, mission or, you know, duties in life are, are not just to, to worry about this land, but to do everything else they're doing. How, how do I continue to, to, to communicate with them and, 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 and share with them what I'm doing and bring them value. And, um, yeah, I think communication probably is the biggest, biggest struggle that most growers and landowners face. Great. As you look to the future of, of your business, obviously you are heavily reliant on, on landlords not farming their own ground and actually renting it out. What do you see there as you look in the next decade? Yeah, yeah, that, you know, that's really one of the biggest reasons why I thought bird dog would be be such a value to to many farmers and landowners. Um, there's going to be quite a turnover in, in 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 land from one generation to to the other, and um, you know I think there's going to be a great opportunity to to be able to help a landowner who wants to continue to 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 keep the land in the family or or to keep it as part of their, their investment portfolio to, to be able to build it, to, to find a, a grower who um, understands their, their goals and, and, and their objectives. So, you know, I know uh, USDA was saying a few months ago that, you know, up to, you know, five to 10% turnover in land uh, across the country here in the, in the next five years. Um, that's a big number, you know. I don't know that uh, that that that's something that, that that many thought would would happen, you know, in the next uh, you know short term five to ten years. But that that's a that's a pretty big number. When a farmer gets on Bird Dog, and, and I know the profile is anonymous, is there a way that farmer can differentiate themselves to make them look more attractive to land landlords, even though they can't reveal their identity? Yeah, and we try to do that in with our contacts. Uh, like I said, we do up to, to nine contacts throughout the year, uh, and and what that does is really help. Uh, we're we're doing a couple things with those contacts. One is we're we're giving that landowner some things to to think about beyond what they might think about when it comes to 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 renting their land. 
Um, but then we're also trying to share with that landowner uh, really kind of who the farmer is, uh, even though we're not mentioning their name, but, but what types of practices are they using? What are the things that the farmer finds value? You know, what kind of value can they bring to that landowner? Um, so, yeah, that's really, really where the, the, the value added uh, part that the, the farmer is able to share comes in. And is it a subscription that they pay to be part of it? Yeah, yeah, we, 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 yeah, it, it is. It starts with, starts off at eight ninety nine a year. Um, and that allows you to be, uh, be part of the marketplace. Um, and then, uh, you know, if, and, and in some ways that allows that grower to be able to target three landowners. Uh, and if they want to do beyond that, then, then, then there, there would be a, a price on, on top of that as well. Okay. Yeah, in the grand scheme of things, when you're talking tens of thousands of dollars in cash rent, it's pretty uh, reasonable price. It, it is. Yeah. You know, eight eight ninety nine to get to get started. I think most guys probably spend more in lunch in a year's time than than what it costs to really get to to try to grow their farm. <laughs> Definitely at the coffee shop for sure. <laughs> well, thank you, Dave, so much for being part of this. I I wasn't intimately familiar with the details of how bird dog works so it was good to get to know them and i think sure, there's yeah. probably those out there listening that are involved in farming or possibly even want to get involved in farming if they could just find some land to rent that might want to look at bird dog how would they get a hold of you or how would they find you online go to fetchbirddog.com um that allow you to be able to, to kind of check us out um my my email address is there my phone number is there uh feel free to give me a call if, if you got questions um, yeah, be, be glad to try to share with you what we're doing and, and how we're doing it and, 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 and that type of thing. Super. So that's fetchbirddog.com. Dave Myers, thank you so much for being on the Future of Agriculture podcast. Yeah, thank you, Tim. Appreciate the opportunity. Interesting conversation there with Dave Myers of Bird Dog. I hope you enjoyed that. I think it's just great to think about the changing dynamics of farming and look at it from both the uh, landowner perspective as well as the cash renter or farmer perspective, and also to think about the implications of the changing landscape here as all of this farmland changes hands. Uh, Dave really did a great job, I think, of explaining the dynamics between the farmland owner and the farmer. And I encourage you to think about what implications do these trends have on your business and the way that you approach, whether you sell to farmers or you're in the processing or you, you're in the merchandising. Um, these farmland dynamics really are foundational to the agricultural system. And, and I think it's, um, it's an interesting topic to explore. I hope to do more episodes about farmland. Hey, big announcement. I've been teasing this announcement for weeks and weeks now, and I just want to come out and say it here. I have joined forces with the Ontario AgCast as well as the Shark Farmer podcast. We are launching at Commodity Classic this year, March 2nd, the Farm and Rural Ag Network. It will be a podcasting network in agriculture. So we hope to not only promote the three of our shows, but to bring on a long lineup of agriculturally related content for you. If you want to learn more about this, uh, because I think it is really exciting, it has a lot of valuable implications for you as a podcast listener in agriculture, head over to www.farmruralag.com. 
That's farmruralag.com. You'll get some basic information on what we're doing. I encourage you to sign up for email updates. Uh, We'll keep you posted as we go through this launch over the next uh, few weeks. And we will be live there at Commodity Classic launching this podcast network. Also, if you've ever considered having a podcast of your own, uh, one of the reasons we're doing this is so that we can help you launch your podcast with a an audience already waiting for your type of content. So if you're serious about it, get in touch with me. I'd be happy to communicate with you on Twitter at Tim Hammerich, and we can go from there. But check that out, Farm Rural Ag. It's the Farm and Rural Ag Network. I'm very happy to be joining forces with those two guys and um, think that this there's some big things in store for this. So appreciate your time and for listening. And we'll be back next week on the Future of Agriculture podcast. Thank you for listening to the Future of Agriculture podcast with Tim Hammerich. Visit aggrad.com, that's A-G-G-R-A-D.com today to get connected into careers in the agriculture industry. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next week.